when I write bad things, I'm like, well, what did, why was this bad? I don't think I'm a bad writer, but why was it bad? And it's bad because it's not me. Hello and welcome to The Common Room, a series of conversations between members and, starting today, alumni of the Yale English Department. I'm Derek Green. Today we're talking to writer, television producer, and Yale English alum, class of 87, Rob Long. As a screenwriter and executive producer, Rob was showrunner of the iconic television sitcom Cheers, for which he twice received Emmy and Golden Globe Award nominations. He's also writer-creator of the CBS comedies George and Leo and Kevin Can Wait. In addition to his television work, Rob is a prolific writer and commentator, regularly contributing to national publications such as Time, Newsweek, The National Review, The Wall Street Journal, and The Los Angeles Times. His first book, Conversations with My Agent, chronicles his early years in Hollywood and has become a kind of adventures in the screen trade for the small screen set. Rob is a founding member of the center-right commentary site Ricochet and host of Martini Shot, his own nationally distributed radio show and podcast. Thank you, Rob, for joining us today in The Common Room. Happy to be here. I should say that all of those shows I was a co-creator of, and my partner was Dan Staley, who was two years ahead of me, class of 85. So you're getting a double Eli here. And speaking of that, that is a kind of impressive and Hollywood bio. Can you tell us a little bit about your background before Yale and the other coast? Well, I mean, really, I was, I was like a lot of people in that time. You know, that time was 87. And the, I think think everybody's either going to be a lawyer or a banker or go into sciences or something. No one really thought about popular culture or or. or I had friends who were going into the arts, you know, like capital A arts, very serious. Nobody knew, I mean, nobody was going to LA. Nobody was going to be in movies or TV, mostly because people didn't know how to do it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I took a playwriting class at Yale and it was taught by a husband and wife. The wife said, oh, you know, you should go to film school to me. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll do that. I'm glad she didn't say you should, you know, go get an apartment in Budapest. I would have done that. Like, I didn't really have much direction then. It's a different time. I mean, in a lot of ways, it was um, much, much easier. It's much harder now, I think. More people know about show, but more people know about everything now. So that was probably the last five, ten years where it really did matter in terms of prestige and all those things, like where you went to college. And I think luckily now, it matters more about what, what you have on the page. So that was, so, so it's a different time. So people, when people ask me how to break into TV or break into show business writing, I always tell them, look, I'm going to tell you how I did it, but um, I got bad news for you. A lot of that's no longer valid. But the basics are the same, which is you got to write something. You got to write it and you got to watch people do it. And that's what we did at Yale. And we had a couple plays on. And it's really instructive to write a scene that you think is hilarious and then put it in front of people and then they don't laugh. And you got two choices. One is you say like, well, get different people in here. Like the audience stinks. And the other is you think, well, maybe I could fix this. The second choice is always the right choice. You can fix it. Rob, how did you come to be at Yale? Well, I mean, I knew I wanted to be an English major from the very beginning. I mean, I think that I was an English major from very early on, like third or fourth grade, I was an English major. I just didn't know it. <laughs> this is from an old movie here. I mean, I, I went to a fancy uh, boarding school and it was just kind of a funnel and you just chose where you wanted to go. I think I had two choices. One was Brown and the other was Yale. And I got into Brown early, but it was early, whatever it was, you could still pull out of it. And I think I was sitting at home on the Christmas break. And I thought, I don't know, I may need more structure. Because Brown at that time, I think it still is a kind of loose. You kind of did your own thing. And I thought, you know, if you leave me, you tell me I can do my own thing. Most of my own thing is going to be sleeping to noon. 
Yale seems like they're at least going to ask me to perform in some way. I got to show up. And so that was what, what drove me to Yale. Rob, you're also a prolific writer and commentator. Can you talk a little bit about how the different writing approaches do and don't work together for you? Well, I mean, I used to think that they were very different. I used to have this four-minute weekly commentary on the public radio station in Los Angeles. I did that for 16 years, weekly, you know, 50 times a year. And that was me, ultimately, because like when you hit a deadline, you, you, can't, you can't really pretend. It was me speaking, so I had to be me. And I think for a long time, I pretended that there were two different or three different writers. You know, there was the writer I was going to write the script, and that was going to be more technical and more professional, whatever that means. And it was going to be some not me version. And actually, really recently, past five, 10 years, I realized that that, you know, that can get you so far, but only so far. And now you, I can't do it. I have to, it's all the same. It's all got to be me. And when it's not, I know it because it's not good. Like usually when it's not good, there's a reason. When I write bad things, I'm like, well, what did, why was this bad? I don't think I'm a bad writer, but why was it bad? And it's bad because it's not me. I've got to put it all in and just uh, risk that people will read something that I really like that I think is me and say, I don't like this. And, but that's the risk we all take. The same when you're writing fiction or comedy, a memoir, or talking on the radio. You're always you. Or you're always trying to be you. you that, that's the goal. I actually, I mean, I... <laughs> I kind of don't believe in fiction. I don't believe it's real. I think that if it if it, a novel really works or fiction really works, it's because it's true. Now, maybe it's not factual, right? But it's true. Right. And true to me is nonfiction. What's an average day look like for you? Writers thrive on routine. And when you wear different hats, do you have various routines or kind of one overall routine? Well, I'm in a weird position now because I'm kind of like on, I'm in development on a couple projects. And so I'm desperately looking for a pattern for the day for the, each project, right? So Because then I don't have to think about it. But I'm also free to write what I want to write and write I'm working on a couple projects of my own. But that's hard. So I never quite get to sitting down and starting the thing that I really want to start. I mean, I'll have a Zoom meeting with somebody and that took an hour. And there's a lot, a lot of stuff, right? And it always gets in between me and sitting down and writing what I really care about. Not that I don't care about the other things, but like that big thing, you know, as a writer, you have this thing, I really want to get this out. I mean, I'm 56 years old and I, I struggle every single day with negotiating the day. I mean, I remember reading that Vladimir Novikov would get up, stand at a lectern and write from 8 a.m. to noon. And then he was done. I ain't got that. I'm still all nighter kind of person. I'm still the kind of like in my pajamas at 1 p.m., I'm still like arranging my desk. I'm still doing all the things I did when I had a paper due for um, English 125 or whatever it's called now. But it was the you know, major English poets. That's what it was. I think it's still English 125. See, some things don't change. These don't change, right? What's on the horizon for you, Rob? Is there something coming up that excites you, gets you up before noon to get to work? Yeah. Out of my pajamas? Um, one project I've been working on for a long time, I was a member of this thing called the Southern Foodways Alliance. And then I was on the board of it, and then I spent a lot of time in, in the South because of it, and a lot of time in the Delta, Mississippi Delta. And I always thought there was a, like this great, interesting TV show set in the Delta, and I spent years talking about it, and I talked about it with all these different people. I spent a long time like hanging out with Morgan Freeman. We talked about this for a long time, and I never could crack it, and I realized that the reason I couldn't crack it is because I have no right to write it. I don't feel it. It's, I just intellectually want to watch a show. It's not the same thing as want to write it and create it. And when I made that breakthrough, which seems obvious, but it isn't obvious when you're a writer, I started to assemble a bunch of people 
and we started talking about what, what the story would be, and we come up with this wonderful story, and uh, I'm working with uh, two uh, really brilliant writer, young, brilliant writer, academic types, and then my the, the director of the Southern Food Waste Alliance, and we have this great story we're trying to tell, and if we can get it going, it's going to be fantastic. And so they're all really enthusiastic, and we have a great story. I'm the only one, really, that knows deep down just how tough this is going to be. But I really am excited about it. And it's one of those things where I'm, I'm trying not to, as we say, try, try not to invest. Because if you get too excited about it, then they'll take it away. You know, it's like the pessimist in me. <laughs> but it's hard not to because I feel like it's a great American story. And I always feel like I, I, I tried to do this years ago. I thought I met some rich people and they were always talking about, well, we want to be involved in the entertainment business. And I'm like, OK, well, then start a channel or a service. And just call it American Stories and just tell all of the stories about all of America, which is incredibly big and cacophonous and baroque and lots of like lots of everything you want, and just tell only those stories, and you'll be halfway done in about a hundred years. But there'll be a hundred years more. This is one attempt at just telling a little story about a small place in a complicated state, and I'm really excited about it. And I'm glad I'm not writing it. I'm just coaching it. You know, that's great. And it was really great talking with you, Rob. Thanks again for taking the time to talk to me today. Happy to, anytime. And thank you for listening to The Common Room. Our producer is Robert Scaramuccia, class of 19, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Mm-hmm.